Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. This is day two of Real Estate Agents' five-year guide to become a millionaire. So Julie, let's just jump right in. Yes. Again, this is part two of three, and this is how to become a millionaire, adjust accordingly, half millionaire, double that, whatever works for you. All right. So if you missed yesterday, get caught up. This is year two. Point number one, your second year is a building year based on what you learned in year one. This means you don't stop doing what you what got you to those first 12 transactions. You do more of what worked now that you had now that you have more skill and experience. No sophomore slides. This is when you're going to be tempted, this is when you start being tempted to buy leads and look for an easy button, but you must resist. Well, this is also where the snake oil salesmen start to get your attention because all of a sudden you're making more net income. All of a sudden you're actually running a successful business. All of a sudden you're feeling, well, I actually might be really good at this real estate thing. And remember, this is uh, this five-year plan is not just for new agents. It is for any agent who's been in the business for a long period of time, who's frankly tired of putting in lots and lots of effort net with not enough net income uh, to show for it. And our mission, our goal is for all of you guys to be rich and rich is where your money works for you. You no longer have to work for your money. And that is what the whole output, I think, of this, what this plan is. But it is important that really critical that you do not stop doing what you took, what it took for you to be successful in the first place. Now, if you are getting a lot of business from postcards, don't stop doing the postcards. If you are making a really good net income from buying leads even, don't stop buying leads. The point here is to generate profit, and with that profit, then you can reinvest it. Um, but on point number one, where some of you will go off track is if you've had a great first year of your five-year plan, and then you start looking for easy buttons. Then you start looking for shiny objects. Then you start thinking that I just need to market and brand my way to success so I can stop doing what I don't want to do and I don't want to do at the highest level. That's where, unfortunately, what it's essentially a black hole that many people fall into because they get lazy. They think, well, you know what? Tim and Julie had me you know, calling for sale by owners or working with expireds, for example, or I was calling my centers of influence and past clients, even probably a better example. So I'm not going to call them anymore. That takes too much time. I'm now just going to mail them something or drip on them, or I'm not, I'm now going to start having, you know, tchotchkes delivered to their door seasonally, whatever. You will quickly lose the success that you took so long in that first year to build for yourself. It's not just that they stagnate and don't improve. You actually can do worse because the, the thought oftentimes is I want to do the same amount of transactions, but how can I do it easier? Well, I can do this, that, and the other thing, and we'll see whether that works. Well, you're actually making less money on the same transactions. And you're also frustrating yourself because you're doing it speculatively and getting out of the control that you had the first year. And we've talked about this on the podcast before. If you are always starting every month and every year at zero, which effectively you are, but after you've been in the business for three to four to five years, what then you'll discover is your business does get massively easier because your skill sets improve, but also because you're getting a lot more business from centers of influence and past clients. Um, NAR did a report, and Julie mm -hmm. and I did a podcast or several podcasts using these statistics. 
But if I remember correctly, one of them was by the time an agent's been in the business three to five years, they're getting something like 60 to 70% of all their business from centers of influence and past clients. Assuming that it's systematized and you're actually speaking with them, just having a list isn't enough. And if, you're, if you've been in the business for five years or 10 years and you're not experiencing that, you are doing something wrong. And it could be the lead source, frankly. It could be the nature of the business, stuff you can't control. It could be the condition of your database, though. Well, for sure. I mean, 99% of the time, it's the, no database or they're not working it or they're trying to do all their uh, centers of influence and past client marketing, let's call it, passively. They're not actually picking up the phone and calling. Mm -hmm. That's These are all easily fixed problems, fortunately. Point number well, two. That's what we work with a lot in Premier Coaching. All right, number two, focus on net profit, not so much on units. Complete a new real estate treasure map. We talked about that a lot yesterday. Increasing your production goal by about 20% is usually pretty reasonable. And that would mean taking a 12 year, I'm sorry, 12 transaction per year to 18 on your second year. That's a 20% increase. 18 closings based on your average uh, commission would be $216,000 gross commission income. You use whiteboards for visual accountability that we teach you in Premier Coaching, as well as all of our one-on-one -on -one clients do that too. So remember what Julie just said. First year, we are coaching you to do 12 transactions. The second year, we want you to increase by 20%. Was it 12 or 14? I don't remember. It was 12 first. Okay. And that we want you to increase every single year without increasing your expenses proportionately. So in other words, if, for example, you're running a very high margin, very high profit business, but you decided you want to sell, you know, you've sold 12 houses. Now you want to sell 50 houses. And we have people all the time that want to go from say 50 to hundred that join coaching. Okay. That's great. But if the extra 50 units that you want to sell, so you can finally sell hundred units, that's maybe been a career goal for you. Uh, is going to essentially not increase your net profit, you need to really be making decisions or you need to be thinking about why you want to do it. And if it's just because you want to have 100 units or you want to know you've accomplished it and that's been a career goal and you're realizing that it's not going to make you any more net profit because those 100 or additional 50 units, let's say, are all going to come from buying those leads and, and you still want to do it, then go for it. But for the most part, most of you are going to have your head screwed on straight and realize that if you're going to increase units, your net profit needs to be increasing as well. Yes. And again, we go back to the treasure map because a lot of you guys do pull a number out of the sky. Like you just mentioned, oh, I've got to do 50 deals or I've got to do a million dollars a year. Well, the treasure map makes you actually base it on something that's personal. A lot of agents that say they've got to do 50 deals, really they will be happy as clams doing 36 or doing 28, especially considering, you remember that the average home value over the past five years for the entire country has gone up 54%. In some states, it's 80%. So along with that goes uh, goes your income. And so you might not need to do some crazy number that you've just pulled out of the sky. The treasure map forces you to drill down on your own personal financial situation and have your personal number. Yes, Julie and I are proponent of teams, marketing, branding. Yes, we're proponents of you know agents selling hundreds, if not thousands of homes per year. Of course, but you're going to get to a point in your lives where you're going to say, what do I have to show for it? And we want we are your answer to that question that sometime in the future you'll be asking yourself. You build that now, that way in the future, when you're saying, what do I have to show for it? You're going to be like, oh my gosh, look what I have to show for it. Passive incoming from multiple yeah. sources. I have lots of net worth. I'm a multimillionaire, maybe a decamillionaire, all of these things. It all comes from taking the business seriously and treating it like a business. Well put. Point number three, now you can get serious about your magic number of listings. That's the number of active listings that you have to have at all times 
in order to meet or exceed your goals. You explained that great on yesterday's pod. In year two, you now have enough skills to actually start building your listing inventory. Three to four listings at all times are appropriate for most agents. Again, the treasure map helps you drill down on that. Upgrade the quality of your presentations now if necessary. Have five pre-listing packages assembled at all times, ready to send as you set appointments, ready to drop off at that door as a pre-listing package. That's why it is called that. And remember, the notes from today's show are down below along with links so you can join Premier Coaching. When you join Premier Coaching, the first month is free. Yes, that does include a daily semi-private coaching call with the Harris Certified Coach um, and a most important thing, in my opinion, from the first level that we give you for free is the real estate treasure map. So make sure you download that and you complete the treasure map because that will be your North Star in your business for at least the next five years. That's right. And I know a lot of our Premier Coaching clients listen to the podcast. So if you haven't done a new treasure map for a while, listeners, Premier Coaching members, you know where to find it right there on your member's site. It always is surprising to me when I talk with someone who's listening to us for a long time, long time coaching client, the whole thing. And I ask them about the treasure map because that's going to be where we're going to refer back to. Yeah. I'm, you know, I have this issue, this issue, this challenge, whatever. Well, what does your treasure map say? How many listings do you need at all times? How many listings do you actually have? Well, there's your problem. Yes, <laughs> you know? exactly. You have to actually use the plan that you put together. You do. All right. Point number four. And I love this point. Because you now carry listings, you can start referring your buyer business to buyer partners. Now, notice we're calling them buyer partners, not buyer agents on your team necessarily, for some of you that's okay, but buyer partners who pay you referral fees for qualified buyers that they will take off your plate. You will keep one to two active buyers at all times who are normally your listing clients who are buying with you or repeat clients, maybe relocating executives in good price ranges, you decide because now you have the skill to make those decisions. If you have five listings at all times, you will generate so many buyer leads that you obviously aren't going to be able to work with all of them. It, the, and when you get to the point where you have consistent cash flow coming from having a listings folks business, uh, what you're going to then do is you're still going to work buyers. Our agents that we have as personal coaching clients that earn millions and millions of dollars per year, we insist that they're always working with two to three buyers, obviously great buyers and ideal sale prices, sure. right? Um, but the reason is because it's easy to get too walled in and living in too much of a bubble when you're primarily a listing agent. You lose sight of what's the dynamics that are shaping the market. In other words, buyer's expectations. So if you're a longtime coaching client, remember I told you that. Don't just stop working buyers. But with all the excessive, the excessive amount of buyer leads that you're going to generate – and they're just going to come primarily off your signs. You don't even have to spend money to right. generate buyer leads if you have a sign. And this is the very basics of real estate, but trust me, it works. So what's going to then happen is you can then, uh, in, you know, uh, what would I say? Not necessarily even pre-qualify them. You can send those raw buyer leads off to your buyer agent partners. And if you're DXP Realty and you're trying to build a revenue share group and you're already in tune with us as far as being a listing agent, those buyer leads could go to your um, your, your team or your uh, buyer agent partners, you can charge them a 25 or 35% uh, referral fee, whatever your, your market bears. And those agents then could be, that's a nice little hook for you to recruit those agents to be part of your eXp revenue share group. You guys get it? That's what a lot of the biggest folks at eXp, that's what they do. They have lots of listings, generate lots of buyers. If you want to be a, a buyer partner with me, you obviously have to join with me at eXp Realty. And that's how they built their teams. Keep that in mind. It's a brilliant way to do it. 
Point number five, resist the urge to buy or build your team as your way into more production. That's a big mistake that happens once agents figure out how to make money. Well, specifically though, the problem is, is that you guys don't build your, you, you don't build it around profit. You just say, well, with more transactions, we'll become more revenue. And that is true. Those true things are correct, but it does not mean there'll be more profit. It, because when the original team model was created back in the 90s, that's in essence when it was created, it was, there was, was no buying leads. And the buyer agents were trained to actually proactively lead generate. Imagine that, listeners. Imagine if you will. <laughs> right? <laughs> Nowadays, they're just pissed off hungry birds that are always just barking for more leads, yes, right? Yes, but back in the way back machine, they actually had to earn their worms. <laughs> that's right. And they were actually, you, you were making a really great profit off your buyer's agents. And you obviously, you also weren't paying all these referral fees. And you weren't right. having to pay these buyer's agents these huge amounts of, uh, you know, commission split, the whole thing. But what's happened over time is the buyer's agents are getting, in many cases, the vastly better end of the, of the deal with some of these teams, and the teams are actually losing money on the buyer agent size. And if you're stuck in a situation where you're buying all your leads from like Zillow Flex or something like that, you're experiencing, in many cases, negative growth on your buyer agent side of your business. You're losing money, and the other side of your business, which is the listing side of your business, is actually subsidizing you're actually, in essence, paying those buyer agents to be part of your team. Why do you do it? Because you want the transactions. Okay, that's great, but you're losing money. You're not building wealth. And at a time like this, I'm guessing that you wish you would have had more money and more wealth, and maybe you need to hit hard reset, keep your team, build a more profitable team, but build it around the new realities of this market insists that you pay attention to. Yes, don't lose sight of the actual goal. Okay, and that includes building staff. So more staff or team does not necessarily, to your point, equal more profitability. You should probably have a transaction coordinator at this point and buyer partners, but you do not need to be building some massive army of buyer agents. Our rule with adding team members, and I know this isn't always going to work, but it is a great rule to follow. It's a benchmark, is no riders, only rowers. So it's a boat. Everyone's got to have an oar. Everyone's got to be making the boat go down the river or up the river, as the case may be. Mm -hmm. uh, and that means that every single person on your team has to be producing an actual amount of profit per month, profit to, or really revenue, to, it, revenue would be important if it's an administrative person, sure. to cover their overhead, to cover their actual expense. You can do that a million different ways. We teach you how to do that in Premier Coaching. But again, if you're going to add a marketing coordinator to your team, that marketing coordinator cannot be a straight expense. And you can't rationalize, well, I need them for the sake of my um, cost of my, uh, you know, uh, for being a listing agent. It, instead of going that route, if that's the essentially those decisions that you're trying to make right now, hire a third-party marketing company. Like eXp Realty, you can use their marketing templates that they have, which are fantastic. Transaction coordination. There are so many people that will do a profile transaction coordination for you. It's incredibly easy to get away from actually having those people work for you as actual 1099 employees. A hundred percent. I don't know why anybody would do that. It's got to be per transaction. They make money when you make money. And it's going to get all these things that you guys are paying for on your teams. Um, you know, they're going to get vastly cheaper because of AI. Oh, for sure. And yeah. in some cases may that that role may go away and be replaced completely by AI. You will need a runner, you know, someone to, you know, take care of listings and brochure Signs boxes and, and Mickey Mouse. You're, you're going to need certain staff members 
but you've got to make all of your decisions around profit. Pay yourself first. We talked about that yesterday. Never assume there's going to be enough money left over for you to essentially have enough profit that you can finally buy that for a family. It will never happen because you will spend it all because there will always be some urge to increase. I'm going to sell 20 more houses this year, even though you're losing money effectively in each of those units. This is the way that you are the, what we're presenting to you and we teach you in Premier Coaching, what we teach you on this podcast and our best-selling book, Harris Rules. This is how you actually have something to show for your career into the future. Exactly. Point number six, sponsor at least five more agents to eXp. Remember, our sample agent is an eXp agent. If you haven't upgraded your broker choice to eXp yet, now is a great opportunity to do so. And if you haven't done it because you're not sure what questions you should ask, you know, we'll help you with that. Ask those questions if you're not sure why this is such a critical choice. Why did we choose an eXp agent as our sample agent? Why is it a good time for you to upgrade your broker choice? Scroll down. There's a link for you to learn more about eXp and why so many agents are joining our 170 in the last 30 days. Yeah. Uh, why so many agents are joining with our eXp Realty Group every single month. Scroll down. There's a link right there. And then you can uh, read all about it on our eXp Realty Group. Or for those of you who are ready to move forward and land the plane, we're waiting for you. We're mission control. We're saying it's you know you have a safe, clear runway. Text me directly at 512-758-0206. 512-758-0206. All right, point number seven, master two more income spokes. Now that you have regular listings, you will monetize your open houses as a productive spoke, for example, or take that to the next level. You can add new construction, you can add probate, continue to expand and systematize your center of influence. So I, I have to hover on that for a second because oftentimes at this point, around about year two or three where you're trying to add another source of income, that's when the center of influence and the database start to get ignored. Well, right. That's you're working on something new. No, I went to a seminar and somebody was yeah. blah, blah, blahing about how people don't like to be called and everyone prefers oh, to yes. receive something. Bullshit. In this marketplace where everybody's doing things that are digital and everybody's doing things that are passive, a direct, meaningful contact, uh, you know, hearing from you is going to have all the power. And all the people that are thinking they can just basically, you know, win people over from a social, keep doing the social stuff. The social stuff is fun, but the social stuff, the media, the marketing, the branding is there to enhance the proactive stuff. In other words, there's passive lead generation, which is pretty much, um, you know, the branding, the marketing, the buying leads, the postcards, the, you know, bus benches. Anything the, where you're not talking to somebody. Right. Hoping and praying that they're going to call you, right? Passive is where you're essentially, you know, you're the fisherman, you're on the shore, you're casting, hoping somebody bites your hook. That is a, a great way to generate business provided you're doing the proactive lead generation. And what you'll find and what the absolute secret sauce of anybody who's been in this real estate business for a long period of time, what they'll tell you, if they're being honest, is the passive stuff isn't necessary at all to ever do if you're really good at the proactive stuff. They, I'm going to say it again. Get good at the proactive stuff, lead generation first. And then if you want to, enhance with the passive stuff. The problem with the passive stuff, especially in a market like this, is it's not reliable. It's not, um, you can't predict how much business you're going to get from a postcard uh, you know, mailer. Well, I know you're saying, well, you picked up six listings from it last year. Should you still do it? Heck yes, still do it. But let's be honest. You got all six of those listings in April. And you didn't get any business from it the rest of the year. So maybe what we should be talking about is enhancing your spring direct mail campaign so you get even more from that. You guys get it? 
But if you really want to have the power, you then are going to call into those neighbors and you're going, when you take a new listing, you're going to let them know about the new listing. Oh, Tim, I've got Filipinos or I've got VAs in Mexico or Venezuela that are doing that for me. How's that working out for you? Do you notice how the results are not as good? Because customers, especially higher end buyers and sellers, if they're not hearing directly from you, you are immediately thrown into the dumpster of people they'll never do business with. If you want to differentiate yourself in this marketplace, earn the right to be have that space in some uh, into a, in a consumer's mind as a true real estate professional. You can't do that passively. You can have you can be competing in a marketplace where there's ten agents that are spending all kinds of money to market, to brand, to direct mail, to do everything else. And and agent and the homeowners are getting this constant barrage of stuff just everywhere they go, digitally, in their mailbox, everywhere. But you're the agent that called them to let them know about the house that just sold. They will do business with you uh, over those other agents because you took the time to call. They're not going to think of you as, oh, that must be Bob. He must be a new agent. He has nothing better to do. Nope. nope. You're calling everyone to let them know about what's going on in the real estate market so that they can then, uh, you know, frankly, be uh, well-informed and don't have to worry about the property's values despite what the real estate headlines are saying. That type of thing. We teach you all that in Premier Coaching. You guys get it? Yes. You know, it's funny. As you were talking about that, I was remembering we're not just saying that. That is exactly what we did when we broke into New Albany Country Club because 100%. we did a combination. Going back to what you were talking about, you started talking about, uh, you know, working your database, your center of influence by actually speaking to them. And you also talked about being more proactive and not just being reliant on all the passive speculative stuff. So when we did that, we did a combination of listing expireds and also adding to our center of influence at the same time. That's why when we coach you, we're talking about multiple spokes of income, not just being dependent on one and not bouncing from one source to the next. And I will say this because Julie's pulling me into the real estate confessional. <laughs> now, this was a ways a while ago, but if there's one thing we could do differently, you guys already know what it is because we are doing our best to convince you not to make the mistake that <laughs> yeah. we did. We didn't make it like 100%, but we could have done... We could have made a lot more money selling a lot more houses, having a lot more net profit if we tripled down on centers of influence and past clients. 100% agree. Yeah. Yes. All right. So uh, point number eight, commit 20% to your savings account. The first year we talked about at least 10%. Now you're going to up it to 20% to your savings account minimum, no matter what, from every transaction. Savings account is not the account you pay your taxes out of. Julie talked about that yesterday. Yes. So if in the second year, you're earning how much money, Julie? 144000 Oh, no, that's first away. year. First year. Oh, the second, second year. year. We're doing at least, I think, 230000 Yeah. So right in there, you're going to save around fifty grand. Now, some of you are going to say, Tim, hold on now. If I'm earning $230,000 or $216,000, I only really need $60,000 to pay my bills. Well, save more. Yes, okay. because then you can invest faster. Exactly. Because you... that brings us to our next point. Now is a good time to consider purchasing at least one rental property. Now, some of you, when I say that, you're like, oh, I can't imagine that because the average sale price in the areas that I like is 800 grand. I can't buy a rental for 800 grand and make it you know, cash flow. Well, look outside of your market if where you live and sell is too pricey to find cash flowing rentals. And the we best... have a lot of deals going on within our coaching community. Yep. I see agents, I, I refer some of my uh, private one-on-ones to some of the other ones that have like, you know, the California agents sometimes are looking for multifamily that's cheaper in the Midwest. The Midwest clients talk amongst themselves. 
and then some of the Florida people invest in and out of different markets within Florida. So we can help you with that. Don't uh, not do this because you don't see it in your backyard. The best markets to be investing in real estate are the markets where everyone is moving. So there's, there's Tennessee, there's North Carolina, there's Florida. And you can go in there and you can easily buy properties that are going to easily cash flow. I'm, we're not talking VRBOs, though in some cases that could be very, you know, could a good make move, sense for good move as well. But the turnover, the churn rate, the expense every time that can eat your profit easily. But if you're going to start investing in rental properties, to Julie's point, and you're in California, good luck finding something that makes sense in California. You might find some flips, though in this market, that's probably not advisable. Uh, but if you go, for example, if you're in California, oh, here's another mistake people make, agents in particular. They'll say, I just found a bunch of houses in Detroit, Michigan that oh, are yes. $30,000 each. <laughs> and you know what? I was going to take $300,000 and I was going to buy a four family in Columbus, Ohio, but I'm going to go up to Michigan and I'm going to buy a hundred of these. After all, it's going to make all this money. No, they won't because they'll never rent and the people won't pay the rent. I mean, there's so many nuanced yeah. little touches. This, so when you're when Julie and I are buying real estate, We'll do some cursory searches, but what we're always going to do is use a great buyer's agent. So you can find, you know, use your... Well, um, use your coaching community. We do this exactly. all of the time. So maybe we get it, you and I get excited about property all the time. And what do we do? We say, ah, who is best at that? We might already be coaching them, but we look within the community. We bought a property from one of our coaches. Uh, Brandon Jackson brought us something that was great. He knows that local market. So he could say, here is why that's a good house, A, B, C, D, and E. We're not just saying, hey, it's cheaper than my home market. I ought to buy that. We can help you with that. So make sure that you make it a priority. But I think it's also really important. And I'm going to always, you know, some of you, hopefully you're all receptive to what I'm about to say. If your goal, you've done the real estate treasure map. You know your personal overhead, not business, but just personal overhead is say $7,500 a month. And you're wondering how long will it take for you to get to $7,500 passive a month from rental properties? How many rental properties will you have to buy? We talk about that in the treasure map, but the answer is a lot and it's going to take a long time. That's just the truth. Yes. Okay. So if you buy, for example, if you buy a 500 or say make it simpler, a $300,000 house in uh, Clintonville, Ohio, let's say, where Julie and I have a bunch assuming of rentals. Assuming you can find one, but Assuming yes. you can find one, right. <laughs> And you put down, uh, you know, you, if you do the math, if you're not paying cash for it and you put down, let's say even 20%, so you put down 60 grand, you have a $240,000 mortgage at today's interest rates, you're probably going to lose money every month. Yes. I just did the math in my head. You will be. Yeah. So is that a smart move? I don't think so. And some of you are walking into these rental properties and you're saying, well, it's a multifamily. Yeah, you kind of spread the risk and make the numbers work. But if you're running really tiny margins of uh, you know, maybe not even making any money off that rental every month and the rental goes vacant, you're making the payment. So that's the reason ultimately if you're asking us the quickest way to create passive income, 100% EXP revenue share. There just is no way to argue against that. So if you're ready to take the next natural step in your business, obviously scroll down, read more about eXp Realty and our eXp Realty group, or just text me directly at 512-758-0206. But the number one thing, number one job, all of you have to do is focus on your production, focus on your skills, focus on becoming the best version of yourselves as real estate practitioners. Point number 10, and then think about if we want to roll into year three or not. Point number 10 on year two is, assuming that your high interest rate consumer debt is now paid off, we talked about that in year one, start to invest in non-risky funds and keep buying your EXP stock at a discount with your commissions. If you still have debt to pay off, prioritize paying it off. I think the exception would be if you have a rental property and the tenant is indeed covering or covering plus, 
maybe, especially if you have a low rate on that mortgage, maybe you don't prioritize that kind of debt, but certainly consumer debt and things that have a, a crazy high interest rate. All right, we're going to roll into year three, and then tomorrow's going to be uh, year four and five, okay? Yeah. So this is going to be year three. We're not going to cover all these points. That's the reason Julie and I give you these points below. So um, we're going to keep the show to around a half hour like we try to do every day. So scroll down and you can read all the points for year three. Let's go through the first three points. Okay. And this is commonly when people do join coaching because you've found some consistency. Let's look at point number one to prove that. Continue to build on your first two years of the plan. This is where they join one-on-one coaching. They yeah. join premier coaching, which is, you know, from the get. But then when this is when a lot of them will hire a private coach for sure. Yes, because now, amazingly, you're a veteran agent. You have more experience. You have more confidence. You have more skill. This is the year of consistency and predictability and through coaching accountability. Now, remember, this plan is designed not just for new agents. And if new agents make it to year three, congratulations, as Julie just said, you're a veteran agent. But a good, I think, um, ego-crushing approach to all of this would be, well, maybe I should think of myself as a new agent. Maybe I should think of myself in year one. And that way, when you're on year three, after you've done this plan, the five-year plan, you're going to have the results that, you know, frankly, you should earn. Well, that's a great point that you made because... How many agents have we known through the years or coached through the years that, you know, they didn't maybe get great direction from the beginning and they felt like they were wandering around in the wilds of real estate trying to figure out what they're supposed to do. And then, then they got sucked into a fairly hot seller's market and they did okay for a few years. Maybe they did even great. And now things have changed and they feel like they're a new agent in a new world. The hardest thing to do in life in general is having the courage to hit hard reset. Having the courage to basically realize you need to load a new operating system. And when you are, when change is forced upon you, as often it is, uh, then it's even harder because you're resisting the change because you didn't make the choice for this new paradigm to exist in your life. And what a lot of people do, not just in real estate but in life, is that's where they fall off, essentially fall off the track and they start to ruin their lives. And then they lose decades. There are still people listening to this podcast today who've been listening to Julie and I since 2007 or thereabouts who have yet to actually get back on the horse and start riding in the right direction. You're because- 5,000 podcasts in, guys. <laughs> You're still licking the wounds of the real estate crash. So that's this is what's it, – it, it is hard to hit a hard reset. Uh, it's not an age thing either. It's hard for anyone to hit hard reset, mm-hmm. no matter how hard they are. But don't procrastinate doing it. So new market, new rules – It's not going to go ever back to the old interest rates. It's not ever going to go back to the the things that some of you were, all of us really were spoiled by for so long. It's always going to be like this. And being just completely transparent with you guys, we expect things to get meaningfully worse before they get meaningfully better. And that's okay because the agents that are skills-based are going to dominate as the other agents are looking for a clear sense of direction. We're giving it to you every single day on this podcast. This podcast is just training. Take the next natural step and join Premier Coaching. All right, point number two of year number three, doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level now is paying off more predictably. Do not allow boredom or repetition to wreck your momentum. This is what you've been working towards. This is called cruising altitude. Remember the jet taking off analogy. How, when does the plane use the most fuel? Is it taking off? Is it cruising altitude or is it landing? Well, anybody who's flown knows the answer to that. It's when you're taking off. 
But now, because your skills are paying off and they're getting more predictable, you're at cruising altitude. So it, don't put the plane back on the runway. And like this reminds me, like, so some of you have been asking for Julie and I to post our kettlebell workout on Instagram. <laughs> so we did. Uh, so you can go there and you could and look at the videos of us doing our various forms of torture. And I had some great questions as a result. Some people are asking, well, do you guys do the same routine every single day? And the answer is yes. And you know why? Because it's always hard. You yeah. know, we might increase the weight or we might we increase the mix it up a little bit, but the same bit. idea. Exactly. And that is 100% us doing what we don't want to do and we don't want to do it at the highest level. We never enjoy doing it, not even a little bit. And unfortunately, a lot of the most meaningful things you can do in life are just exactly like kettlebells are for Julie and I, right? <laughs> it's doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. This podcast sometimes feels like that for both of us, right? Certainly when Julie and I were selling real estate, um, frankly, prospecting, proactive lead generation, sure. never enjoyed it, always did it and eventually got great at it. Sometimes doing lots of coaching calls. I was doing what we didn't want to do and we didn't want to do at the highest level, but we, it did not matter. When we are locked into the activity, kettlebells as an example, if you do not do it correctly, you're going to hurt yourself. And so that's <laughs> literally the, yeah. don't, don't like do the work, get the result. Do the work, get the result. Never stop doing the work. Lather, rinse, repeat. Your success is increasing, but will be less obvious because your net worth is increasing in the background, assuming you followed our points, but in a non-flashy way. Some of you, because it becomes predictable and duplicatable, get in there and wreck stuff just so that you can have something to put back together. Well, you don't. So that's the interesting thing about we can. Uh, that's the interesting thing about um, increasing your net worth. At this point, maybe you've changed your house. Maybe you've upgraded your car. Your choice. You've got enough money coming in. You can do what you want. But the truth is, is that the most significant impact or the most significant accomplishments you've made won't go celebrated by anyone other than yourself and your immediate family. Because people aren't going to celebrate and give you a plaque for buying a rental property. Or people aren't going to celebrate and give you a plaque for the other significant wealth building, net worth increasing activities that we're going to coach you to do. Don't expect the world to recognize you for doing those types of things. But over time, the accumulation effect, the cumulative effect rather, of doing what you didn't want to do when you didn't want to do it at the highest level is profound. And not just financially, physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, all the things, all the things over time make you a completely different person. You become unrecognizable uh, to, you know, frankly, nearly everyone and they all want to know what it is and uh, they're looking for a secret sauce, they're looking for shortcuts, they're looking for, you know, what did you do, right? And the real answer, and it's not romantic, and it's not uh, ever going to cause anyone to, like, you know, give a credit card over, is I did the work. <laughs> you did the work. I did the work. I yeah. showed up every day. I did what I didn't want to do, and I didn't want to do it at the highest level. I did the work. Consistently. For a damn long period of time. Yes, but shorter than if you stop and start all the time. Well, five years isn't a short period of time, but like how many people listening to us right now are frustrated with themselves because they've been in the business for 10 years and they got nothing to show for it and they're still in the quagmire of buying leads. They're now sure. facing down the barrel of this changing market. They're so, you know, it's because you guys have to give yourselves the opportunity to hit hard reset, load the new software, and then let the new software start to work. Because the new software is going to have to compete with the old software that is obsoleted by this new market, and frankly, by the new goals you've set for yourself. So the rest of our notes for the third year are down below. Scroll down below, and uh, they're waiting for you. And when you're there, obviously, join Premier Coaching. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.